you are more powerful than your fears, your phobias, your limits, or your wounds. And you owe it to yourself to take power over anything that is holding you back from the version of you that knows the truth, that knows that you are capable of doing whatever you are capable of deciding is for you. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, hello, my loves, and welcome in for this week's session here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and if you are new, welcome to our conversation. This season and this new year has all been about perspective, and it's been very focused on the positives, which is what I like. We've been talking about playfulness, commitment, the habit of positivity, and everything in between. But that does come with knowing that there are two sides to everything. And while I do believe it is most valuable to all of us to spend the majority of our time focused on the things that we do want more of, that doesn't mean we can ignore the things that we don't. Ignoring something, unfortunately, rarely makes it go away. But I want to address this not-so-comfortable feeling in a really powerful, intentional, and I want to say growth-inspired way. I don't know if I've ever used the phrase growth-inspired, but that makes sense here. And the subject that I want to give you more personal power on is the stories in our heads that hold us back from who and where and how we want to be. So I want you to think about this. What are some of the things that do hold us back? could be fears, phobias, limiting beliefs, or worthiness wounds. And what are these things? Let me break these down really quickly. So fears are an unpleasant feeling, so that could be mental and visceral, meaning in the body, that are triggered by a perception of danger. Now this can be real or imagined. Fear is an innate function of the subcortical brain areas. Basically, what I mean is this is just a normal human function to have fear. It's ingrained in our brains and it's meant to keep us alive and safe. Phobias, on the other hand, they are strong, irrational fears of something. That's an object, a person, animal, activity, situation, anything like that, that poses little or no real danger but we have that strong visceral or bodily fear response to it, even just thinking about it sometimes. You can think of something like public speaking as a really good one for this. It's actually been categorized as the number one stated fear or statistically the highest likely answer that you're going to get in a group about what your greatest fears are, like even before death. But in something like public speaking, you're not actually in danger, but your body responds like it is. Or think of an extreme phobia or fear of heights. 
if someone has a phobia of heights, then we're when they're on the top floor of a building, they're having a bodily response that could be more similar to hanging off the side of the building rather than standing safely inside, right? Even though they're totally safe inside. This could also be, again, mention limiting beliefs. A limiting belief is a thought, a perception, or a state of mind that you believe to be the absolute truth, and it stops you from doing or experiencing certain things, even when that's what you really want. These beliefs don't always have to be about yourself either. They could be about how the world works, society, how other people perceive reality, really anything in between. Lastly, again, I mentioned worthiness wounds. A worthiness wound is a deeply held belief that we in some way are inadequate, we're less than or broken, or that it, whatever that may be, is not meant for us, right? This usually has origins that stem back to our childhood, and it's probably from something that made us feel probably more than once, that we were inadequate or unworthy. And the brain kind of develops that way and brings that thought with you into the future, into your adult years, even when you don't always realize it. But what I want to share is something that all of these things have in common, and that's that they are not permanent if you decide that you don't want them to be. And this is where thought work comes into play. All of these things And whatever other limit you can think of are going to follow this similar pattern. First, there was some stimuli that your brain, body, subconscious mind, or some part of you perceived to be dangerous. Then the fight or flight response, it begins in the amygdala of your brain. We know this is an inherited human trait that keeps us alive. That amygdala signals to the hypothalamus, which activates the pituitary gland. This is important because the pituitary gland is where the nervous system meets our endocrine or hormone system. So again, it means that your body is attaching a real, a very real visceral and hormonal response to that stimuli. And because that response has already been created, that neural pathway has already been created in the brain with all the things we know about the brain and neuroplasticity, we know It's easier, especially if you aren't using any intervention to change it, for your brain to continue with that response, for that to become the main response that it is built, that that's what your brain is most familiar with. So there's a stimuli, there is a response that's created a connection in the brain of this thing to danger, and then we avoid that thing to avoid that negative response, therefore deepening that fear. Or again, more simply put, we have something that causes that anxiousness, that fearfulness. We're avoidant of that thing that would have made us anxious. We get some short-term relief from not having to experience that. But long-term, that fear and that anxiety grows. So I mentioned public speaking as an example earlier. Let me use that here too. So say for you, there is somewhere, somehow, you have created or your brain has created a fear around public speaking. So just as I mentioned earlier, these can be from real or imagined scenarios. Remember this always, the brain cannot tell in so many instances if you're experiencing something or if you're just making it up. So think about this. 
you can be scared of public speaking because maybe you totally bombed a project or a performance and you don't even remember it really. It was just something that happened way back when. Something could have happened way back in childhood that created that fear that is still within you. Or again, it wasn't even you. Maybe it was something that you had seen happen to someone else and that created the fear for you around it. Say it was some kid in your class or even just someone on a movie. You saw them give up to give their little speech or their performance and they peed themselves or they threw up or they totally tripped over their words. Maybe they ran off stage crying, right? Or maybe your brain just went there. Your mind thought this up and visualized it as that's the worst thing that could happen and it got stuck on that idea. But whatever the case, if you don't want to change it and are totally fine with having that fear over you, then okay, right? Like, I don't know, maybe you have arachnophobia and are totally scared of spiders, but you live in an area that there really aren't spiders. So you don't care to change that. You don't want to change that. You know, it doesn't affect your daily life. It would be way too hard. It doesn't debilitate you in any way, right? Who cares? But What if this fear or this phobia or limit, worthiness wound, whatever it is, what if it were holding you back from something that you really want, from a piece of life that you hope to experience, but right now it feels like you can't? Maybe you're the one with a public speaking fear, but you would so love to teach. You would love to speak to people. You would love to sing on stage, do some of these things. Well, if your fear is holding you back, if this phobia or this limit is holding you back, this is where I absolutely implore you, please, we need to intervene. Or maybe something happened to you, right? Maybe you used to be a big hiker and a big outdoor person, but then there was this crazy dog who got off his leash and he bit you and it was really bad. So now, understandably, very normally, you feel strong anxiety as if it's going to happen again. And that feeling creeps up anytime you are near or on a park or in the trail or maybe just even thinking about going, but you want to get that part of your life back. That's where this is important. Or here's another example. Maybe you were in a really bad wreck and a really bad experience in a car. So now you find yourself super nervous behind the wheel but you want that freedom again. You want to go where you want to go. You want to be able to do that. Then what you need to do in whatever this situation is, you need to mentally reframe the topic. I'm going to explain to you exactly how to do it. First, what you need to do is recognize that that fear, that limiting belief, whatever it is, recognize that it's there. Get honest about the fact that it's there, acknowledge its presence in your headspace, and remember, this is not a judgment, this is not negative, this is merely acknowledging and accepting its existence. Everyone gets scared, everyone has fear. Fear is an unavoidable facet of the human experience, it is part of our brain, and it's how we survived as a species. It's fine. Once you can get comfortable with that and just recognize that it's there, That's your first step. Now, once you're in a place that you can genuinely look at this fear, basically in its face, so to speak, I want you to stay in that place of acceptance. And whatever words make sense to you, totally rephrase this, but I want you to say to that fear, hey, 
I recognize that that event or this series of events or XYZ caused my brain and my nervous system to try to protect me by putting a block between me and this stimuli. I know that this was for a reason, I understand that, but I intentionally no longer subscribed to the idea that this is dangerous to me. I no longer wish to go forward with this idea, I would like to change this idea, I do not want to be scared or fearful of this anymore. Now, of course, this is going to take some time. You don't just say that, And now you're ready to go skydiving when you've been scared of heights your whole life. But what it does do is it allows for a new thought to come through. Instead of the only thought that you've really ever had or practiced was, I'm scared of heights. Or maybe it's, I'm not lucky enough. I'm not smart enough to do this. I can't do this. Whatever the case may be, this simple statement allows you to start directing your brain to stop using that exact neuropathway or that thought process or using that exact perception, especially if this is the only thing that you can remember thinking or you've thought it for the longest time that I just can't or I'm too scared or this is not for me. Just thinking, hey, I don't want my thoughts to feel like that anymore. I would like to find a new truth. This is a thought process that I would no longer like to go down, that does so much more for your brain than you know. I'm serious. And I'd like to add, while this might sound a bit more blunt than I normally like to be, it really all comes down to a choice. And that choice is what is more important to you? Is it more important to you to avoid the discomfort of facing your fear? Or is it more important that you might possibly be missing out on a whole part of your life because you gave away your power to this fear. Because either way, no matter what you do, it's going to be uncomfortable. Either you'll have the short-term discomfort of dealing with that, of dealing with facing the fear, moving in the opposite direction of what that belief told you was true, and proving to yourself that you can, that it is safe for you, and you're ready to teach your brain and your body to no longer be fearful. Or we get to choose the long-term discomfort of never getting all the things that were for you on the opposite side of this. The discomfort of dealing with the opportunity cost of never facing it. I want to leave you with this, my loves. You are more powerful than your fears, your phobias, your limits, or your wounds. And you owe it to yourself to take power over anything that is holding you back from the version of you that knows the truth. That knows that you are capable of doing whatever you are capable of deciding is for you. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. Oh,